Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 159 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K, lots to yap about. We got a full house here in Studio 66, or just about. Let's get into all that's going on under the sun, sports and otherwise, because like I've said before, you know what? We care about the big blue marble in general, because I like to talk about the greatest sport of them all, the game called life. The NFL game is not played in Studio 66. Okay. Now, let's. Uh, I, I hope you know what the stakes are. And uh, with that being said, let's say hello to one half of the Around the League Debate Club. You love reading his football reporting, always done with a little bit of mirth. And he has a new little feature, I noticed, or maybe this is old uh, and I'm a newcomer to it. It's the uh, ATL mailbag. It's Dan Hanzoos. Yes, the, the mailbag, a novel idea in Internet uh, writing. But, yeah, you uh, stole it from the sports guy Simmons. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure to he's going to come may after soon, me on that. I may, soon have to, uh, I may soon have to pay him. You, not unlike you, have to tip your hat to him. I may soon have to grow a mustache to pay off a little bet really? that we have because oh. the Pittsburgh Penguins are now trailing his Boston Bruins. That's and not we going made, too well. No, we made, a, we made a mustache bet on that, and uh, it would require that I wear a mustache for the entirety of the month of July, something mm. I don't look forward to. But then again, as I've said, because I'm always glass half full, I, the, the, it is win-win for me. Either the Penguins will come back and they'll go to the Stanley Cup Finals and I'll be happy, or the ladies of the globe will see – an even more ruggedly handsome version well, of Dave Dan. There's a, it's so, really a win-win-win because every man, whether he wants to admit it or not, wants to work the mustache at some point. And what you get to do, Dave, is when you inevitably, I guess, lose this bet, unfortunately. Don't say inevitably. Yeah. Well, We're allowed possibly, to lose as many as three. You get to rock the mustache. Mm-hmm. And then if anybody's like, Dave, why do you have a mustache? Well, I lost a bet. Yeah. So you don't no, feel I don't subconscious think, about it. But I think that that should be a part of the gentleman's agreement. You don't get to explain that. You don't oh. get to tell people I lost a bet. That takes away 
the the what, what's fun about it. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, am now glad that I didn't go with my original uh, offering, which was a perm bet. I've, <laughs> I've won a perm bet in the past, but, uh, you know, Damashek with a perm. Look out, Greg they Brady. I wouldn't those? like that. All right. Hanzus, sit there for a moment. Okay. Let's also say hello to the other person in Studio 66. You know him. He's all the way from across the Atlantic Ocean. He's our resident Dolphins fan. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? Very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. And put me down as a voter for you with a mustache or a mustache. You would like it? <laughs> mustache. It's uh, a mustache. A mustache well, or the- a mustache. Is that an English accent that I heard? Either way. It, gets, it gets me angry just looking at Henry's face and how good he would look with a mustache. <laughs> do you think I would? <laughs> it just angers me. Would I? Yeah, There's only would, one way to find out. Let's do it. Yeah. I would like to go Fu Manchu. It would be my default facial uh, setting <laughs> if it filled in. Unfortunately, at the side of my mouth, it doesn't completely fill in. Yeah. That's the only reason I don't do it, or else I would be Chester A. Arthur of the 21st century. <laughs> do you know who that is, Handsome Hank? I have no idea. But then I thought, why did you chuckle at I that? I thought I'd love He sounds It's a great name. Chester A. Arthur? Yep. He happened to be one of our presidents of huh. these United States. Congratulations. That's Thank a good you. name for a president. I also discovered someone <laughs> this weekend, I think it was Michael Fabiano, tweeted to you a picture of a baseball player, and I, I may get Raleigh the name. Fingers. Harry Fingers. Something Raleigh like, Fingers. <laughs> Raleigh Fingers. I thought that was a great name as well. I'm surprised you don't know him because he had uh, some good seasons there with your beloved Milwaukee Brewers. Well, of course. The team you chose to embrace. Yep. When was that, last year? Uh, two years ago now. All right, fellas, let's talk about the, the big news of the week right now all over any sports channel you flip to, obviously, including the NFL Network. The passing of Deacon Jones, one of the all-time greats. Hard to really um, quantify his contributions in terms of statistics because, of course, there was no there, were no, there was no such thing as sacks until the early 80s. But it seems like the people who have taken the time to try and gauge how many sacks he had in his career have figured that he would be the all-time sack leader. Beyond that, though, one of, if not the great, quote, machines in uh, pro football history, a delightful man, too. Not surly at all to kibitz with one-on-one, but when you saw him with a, when a microphone was nearby, he was delightful, he was hilarious, he was inappropriate, and all those things. Never got to see him play, but still found him to be uh, a charming fella. How say you, handsome Hank? Uh, I, I never met him, so I, I don't know about whether he's a charming fella, but everything I hear is, is exactly that. Wouldn't think- that. Isn't that the way to be remembered? Yes. Who can, well, aside from your professional deeds, nobody. I, I know sometimes people are fighting to try and say something nice about somebody who is maybe complicated and has some dark elements to his personality. This guy, a hundred percent, the world over. This is the way I wish to be remembered. Unfortunately, that ship has sailed. Not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen, and it <laughs> bums me out. But Deacon Jones is the. This is the way to check out. Also, that he treated great- every. My old man always said. My this was the greatest thing that my old man told me was. The mark of a good man is how he treats those who can do nothing for him. 
Deacon Jones. It feels at least like he was somebody who got that. Exactly. And actually a story I read about him this morning was that uh, all the sky caps at LAX mm-hmm. knew him and he knew them by name and he would tell stories to them. And I actually think, I think that's the thing that I'm, I'm most interested in is he was a great storyteller as well. Yeah. He remembered all his exploits and he, I'm sure they, they'd grown bigger over the years, but he had a great story for each one of them. And he also had the those iconic bloodshot eyes, those mm-hmm. perpetually bloodshot eyes, which had to be terrifying to the, whoever was lining up against him before he, the first snap. Even to just look across the uh, across the line of scrimmage and see that character uh, had to be positively terrifying. Dan Hanzus, yeah, obviously a legendary player. I do wish that the category for sacks came before the early 80s. I mean, he would have been a great guy to be holding that record. I think he had 26 in a 12-game right. season. 14-game, I think. 14-game. Yeah. Uh, way better than Michael Strahan's Brett Favre slide sack record he owns. But, uh, yeah, he'll be missed. And he was a great – he was at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and he just had that type of – like Jim Brown uh, when he was in the studio last week, he has that kind of vibe about him where you, you, you could tell it's an important person just by – You fall of, silent to listen yeah. to what he has to say. Yeah, same same sort of thing. You know, it's too bad that – you know, again, it's about context, and so much of, uh, of sports is about that statistical context and how you slot people and, and compare generations. Football is behind the eight ball in that regard compared to baseball baseball resonates through the decades and through the generations because exactly because of the importance of the numbers and how you can compare babe ruth to willie mays and so on but they sort of fall apart because of that 20-year window that we it seems like have emerged through now on the other side the whole steroid era in baseball but in football that is also why it does lead me to, to, to think about when you hear about the 18-game schedule and you hear about the possibility of, of maybe dropping kickoffs, it would warp those statistics further. I think football is getting to a place now where I remember grow, as, as a kid growing up in Pittsburgh, and I would look up where Franco Harris ranked among the all-time running backs. And at the time, you would watch him climb up the ladder each year was something that, of course, the local paper would track and see where he stood. And you say, oh, he's catching up to O.J. Simpson, and he's catching up to, to Jim Brown, and so on. Um, I also remember that the name Joe Perry was on that list. I mean, he was near the top. I think he was in the top eight or ten for a long time of my youth. Now he's buried. Now he's way down on that list and all the names that we've watched over the course of our lives have have come on now. So in honor of Deacon Jones, I guess in a way, does is are, can we now for can we avoid future mistakes by making sure we don't change that because it'll change the context of those statistics? Hansus, you follow what I'm saying? I do follow what you're saying. It, it, statistics in general, it, the game is always changing so much, so it's Football is kind of a little bit behind the eight ball and more than just the fact that some stats weren't always covered. But Jones, whether or not he he gets the credit he deserves, I mean, the guys in the Hall of Fame, everybody knows he was one of the best to ever play the position. Well, I guess that's sort of the question is, do we need that or is is the nature of football a more visceral thing and so we don't care about those statistics nearly as much as a baseball fan cares about? And, they're you know, the the sport... To this day, I mean, the yeah. debate is going about how 
advanced should these metrics get in baseball? Do they do they um, you know do, do they make the more casual baseball fan are they repellent to them? And so maybe that that's the conversation going on in baseball. Do numbers matter in football, handsome Hank? Uh, I think they do. I think they do to fans. But I think in this case, this is a pretty special case, a pretty unique one. In the, and, and especially, I think actually, as you watch uh, the highlights of Deacon Jones that have been playing on NFL Network over the last twenty four hours, he kind of passes the eye test of like. Regardless of putting the statistics aside, mm. as many sacks as he might have had and didn't have and they weren't recorded, it looks like he could play in this era. And I know you and a lot of other people have talked about, well, it's not the same. They're not the same type of athletes that are playing now. He was 6'5". He was 240 pounds. He looks like he could have done it in 2013 yeah. just as well as he did it in the 60s. That's an interesting thing, and I'm going to say it here and now, and maybe we'll do it. But somebody who's more diligent a worker than I should take over this project, handsome Hank. Practically anyone. Then. But, yes. Sports <laughs> Illustrated, I think maybe it was quite a while ago, I think probably like 20 years or so ago, I remember seeing a piece about that sort of thing. How would Ted Williams play in today's game? And would Babe Ruth succeed and Bob Gibson and all that sort of thing? And if and vice versa, you know, how would uh, Cam Newton look? You know, sure. I mean, they they did it. How would Barry Bonds look uh, playing back in the forties? What about if we did that? Well, shouldn't we do that? How would how would in honor of Deacon Jones? That would be an interesting piece. Who would translate from yesteryear into today's game, and vice versa? It and who an would, who would suffer? I agree with you, and I'm not saying that because of the passing of Deacon Jones. Again, people get into hyperbole very often because they feel that the, it's a requirement. But in Deacon Jones' case, I think his deeds on the on the field they do. When you watch the highlights, he would do well in today's right. game. Jim Brown would play well. I, I doubt any of the quarterbacks. I uh, legitimately, I think yes. maybe like Sonny Jurgensen would be a good pro. I don't know why, just because he has the big arm and he was a big guy. That's I don't know why that name of all guys jumps into my brain. A guy who would be maybe an even better pro now than he was back in the, in the seventies and early eighties. Tony Dorsett. What about him? They they love Could getting be. the they love dump you know quarterback. I mean, uh, running backs play a much more significant role in the passing game than they did back then, right? Hanzus, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, no, I don't really have any thoughts on it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no one you want to throw out from yesteryear. Well, I was, the reason why I was kind of thinking, I was thinking of Namath and if he would have had a better pass protection yeah. in the, the Yeah, he probably would rules, be a good one. You know, I think he probably, because he didn't have great statistics when you look at his numbers, but if you put him in a much more pass-friendly league with that arm and that ability to call plays at the line of scrimmage, I think Joe Willie. Wouldn't Cam you? Newton be the wouldn't Cam Newton be the greatest player? I mean, he may still go down <laughs> oh, yeah. as the greatest player of all time, who knows? But if you dropped him into the NFL in 1960, aside from the fact that a lot of NFL teams probably wouldn't be willing to put him under center as right. a black man if you can if you can erase that uh, that aspect of it, wouldn't he just dominate the league back then? I'd have thought he probably would have done yeah, that. Yeah, he would have looked like an alien sent from right. another What if you planet? put him onto the Green Bay Packers? in 1965 would they have won as many championships would they have dominated more thoroughly than they already did i think they would have had to change rules to contain cam newton yes well that's the thing about deacon jones that also uh is is worth uh repeating today that deacon jones you know that they outlawed his head slap and i i admire that as somebody who grew up a pittsburgh steelers fan because there's also the mel blunt rule i love that he was too good he was too physically dominant, and they had to erase what he did to try and uh, to try and make it a little fair for the other side of the ball. Meantime, New England Patriots fans have the Tom Brady rule. 
the so-called Tom Brady rule, which basically is if you if you come within uh, three feet of the quarterback, uh, you get a, you get a flag. So congratulations on that one. That's right. I'm bitter towards Boston sports today because I don't like what the Bruins are doing to Pittsburgh. So a couple of other quick things. Jim Reineking, who's one of our hardworking editors on the desk, came up with 10 things we, we didn't know about Deacon Jones, and I didn't know if mm. it would be nice to share just a couple of those. So one of them, first of all, I don't think that anyone ever should nickname themselves, but he apparently nicknamed himself Deacon. It was his idea to call himself Deacon, which is you know t- traditionally someone else gives you a nickname. I guarantee you half the people within the sound of uh, our voices did not know that Deacon Jones was not his actual name. Right. David. Right. Same as you. That's right. We yeah. had, we had a another, lot of another parallel. Deacon Damashek. I like that. Oh, Deacon Damashek. <laughs> you know all the players that nicknamed themselves? All the people who I know Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Well, that's horrible. I'm totally against nicknaming yourself. Except yeah. I sort of did with Black Tie when I first came on the podcast. So. That's true. Mm. You did. Yeah, you did. But I sort of had. That. I sort of had to pick a tie rack, and I was just going with the formal. And, uh, you know, suit appearance that I, that I give off. Yeah, you're very formal. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Um, one other one. Um, he, in his final NFL game, kicked an extra point. Really? Yep. Wow. Hmm. This is something we need to bring back. We need people, to uh, the guys who actually play football, to be doing the kicking. You cannot, uh, that would be the change. Talk about changing rules. That's the rule change. No more of these guys who just get to walk in and kick the ball three times a game. Deciding outcomes of pro football games. Enough's enough. The game wasn't designed. when they The, the creators of the game did not anticipate people making 56-yard field goals. That just was not a part of, the, right. uh, of what the sport was supposed to be. It's now been warped by that. I say we start – the requirement is five plays from the line of scrimmage in order to be eligible to kick. You have to you – know, listen, line up wherever you want. If you're Hide a them. detriment, right, if you're a detriment on those plays, so be it. Then the coach is going to have to, and the GM is going to have to account for that. Or do you say, you know what, Indomik and Sue, he also can make a head-on extra point. He's our kicker. I like that. I like Deacon it. Jones kicked an extra point. Pat Summerall kicked, made significant kicks. Paul Horning. This is something I bet a lot of people don't realize that some of the big stars. Right. Back in the day, we're did kicking. That as well. We're kicking. So was this a special thing? This like, hey, a, this, I think he did it. He'd done it a couple of times before, but he, um, but he wanted to do it in his final game. And uh, George Allen said, uh, "You can, you can kick an extra point." Neat. Sue went off the upright with an extra point. Yeah, he way. missed yeah. his. That was a bad yeah. example. Cinco did one. Wes Welker did one as a dolphin. Who did the drop kick? Um, uh, that was Doug Flutie. That was the drop cool. kick. Yeah, I don't know why. why I know is that too, not too much about kicking? Is, 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 is the drop it? kick oh, as a side note? The drop kick counts as an extra point. Yes. Yep. You can just drop kick it through there. Yeah. Yep. Why do you suppose more teams don't do that? That seems much easier to dip. do because no, 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 it's no. an oblong ball and it, it seems like an. You unnecessary... mean to tell me it's easier to snap the ball, have the guy catch it, put it down in just the right spot, and have another guy run up and kick it? That's easier to do than to just direct snap it to a kicker and have him drop it and kick it from 10 feet to from 10 yards away? Oh, it has to hit the ground. ground. And so your foot connects at the same time as the ball connects. That's where your people come in, handsome Hank. That's how you guys do things. We can help you with that. So one final one. This is actually my favorite one. Deacon Jones went to a college called Mississippi Vocational College, right? That college changed its name to Mississippi, Mississippi Valley, Valley State. State. I did know this also one. Also producing Jerry Rice. I know. Not it's a, a bad couple of players. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that they that Mississippi Valley State produced if you had an all time draft of NFL players, if you made a list of the twenty five or thirty greatest NFL players, 
you would include two guys, two guys from Mississippi from Valley State. That's remarkable. That would rank with any big time school. Right. I, mean, I imagine. I don't, would USC or or uh, or Michigan have more names than two in a list of the top twenty five NFL players? You're one half decent quarterback away from having like a great NFL blitz team. From the old video <laughs> um, all right, real quick, nicknames. Let's go over that because uh, the fearsome foursome is a grand one, as were those all red and white uniforms. As you see all the highlights of Deacon Jones, you're seeing all those. That was a pretty handsome Rams getup, although a little bit too Coltsy for me. That's why you can't go back to that full time. Best nickname for a defense ever, Hansus. I start with you. And just because you're a Jets fan, please have enough dignity to not say the New York sack exchange because that was pretty <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> oh, it was great. But uh, all right, I'm going to throw Grading. you a bone. You know, Steel Curtain is the best. Steel Curtain. It was the best, yeah. Handsome Hank. I, I think Steel Curtain, but I, I'll go with um, the Purple People Eaters. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's named a good after a song. Well. But I, I don't know about that. Did Purple People Eaters precede the song? Or was that a song? Had purple? to have. Or, or was it the other way around? I'm not sure. And then you had also again we say fears and forth. You had the doomsday defense. You had mm-hmm. the anon. You had the uh, the um, the no name defense. The no name defense. And then you had the killer bees. The killer bees is a good one. We I'm, especially I mean, as you dig in and you discover that I think it's all but two starters had be, start, their name began with B. The grits blitz was okay. You know the grits blitz. In fact, the the, the and you had the uh, the 46 defense. Not exactly a juicy name, but named after Doug Plank, which is kind of cool. All right, let's move on to another matter. And uh, last weekend, I noticed that Tiger Woods, I don't know if you heard, Tiger Woods shot a 44. He had a, it was a part of, I, I don't know if it was his worst 40, you know, four days as a pro or what it was. But I know that the low light was he shot 44 on one stretch, one, one nine-hole stretch there. And it made me think of this. Here's what's interesting about golf versus, I guess, most every other sport, is that on the right day, if things went just so, I could beat Tiger Woods. I can. Sh- I have shot better than than 44. I have shot as low as once in a blue. I, one time I shot a 37. So and, and from the blue tees, from the championship tees, and all that sort of thing. So if things went, I'm not saying I could do it more than once, but if everything broke just right, I could beat Tiger Woods. So with that being said, what could you beat a professional athlete in? I'm going to start with you, Handsome Hank. Okay, well, um, before meeting you, Dave, um, my claim to fame was that I had played cricket with the England cricket captain. Uh, no, 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 wait, please will you hear this out, because, uh, I mean, you, you'll make that noise, whatever that was supposed to be, <laughs> but many of your listeners, many of our listeners are from... That's the um, sound I, I make when somebody punches me in the gut, but that was Many of our listeners are from, are from the United Kingdom, and they will be interested Script. in this, even All if right. you're not, so please All right, feign, go ahead. at least go. feign some interest. I'm me. interested, okay, please so this, proceed. So Let's he, get through this as cricket, quickly as possible. The England cricket captain, imagine he's the best player at cricket in the country, like akin to the best baseball player would be in America. Okay? Not akin, because baseball is popular. <laughs> All right, well, again, now you're making a fool of yourself in front of people from around the world. Um, so I, I played cricket against him, and I got him out. I bowled him out. Uh, in his final game at school. You bowled him out? Yes, that's the equivalent of getting him Sounds like a bunch of words just like put together. Well, it, it's, it's not. <laughs> do, you think so, base, do, you think, do you think cricket is as popular in... Do, do you think baseball... What's more popular internationally, cricket or baseball? 
Cricket is, Dave. I don't think that's true. Hanzu's how say you. Oh, I don't know. I mean, baseball's <laughs> hugely popular in Japan and in South America. That's exactly right. Yes, uh, not, it's not just the U.S. Baseball beats cricket. How many? Where black tie? You're an international fellow. What's what's a more popular sport, cricket or baseball? Um, I'm not certain, but I have to side with cricket just because. I mean, based on what? It, it's because it's they played in England and Pakistan, in a lot of countries. And India, India is pretty and big. Right? India is pretty big. I mean, uh, I, I mean, certainly the TV audiences are bigger globally. I, I don't know what else. You know, maybe we can get an expert to talk about it, but I think I'd hate to you for you to be proved well, wrong in a podcast that has your name on it. I would <laughs> like to say this: I want someone to hit me up on the Twitter at Damashek and weigh in here. But don't, but don't, you know, spare me your conjecture. If you know something that would indicate that the audience for cricket is larger internationally, I understand. Obviously, no one in the U.S. watches it. People here watch soccer, but nobody here watches cricket. I've never heard anybody. I mean, that's a big deed in L.A. is to go to the bar on on Saturday morning at like on some ungodly hour to watch uh, to watch soccer at like four or five a.m. You ever see those guys? I do that all the time. I do that here. Do when you I really? Have to, uh, when I have to watch Manchester United games, I really wake up at five a.m. Well, I see a lot of British blokes standing outside of local pubs uh, with a it. pint in their hand at like eight a.m. and the game's already wrapped up and they're wearing yep. the jersey of their team. I, I had to do it growing up just to watch NBA games as well when I was. Back in Nigeria, I had to wake up like two thirty, three a.m. to watch Laker games. It was hmm. it's crazy. I was once a Kobe Bryant fan. Random. No. What about you, Hansus? Well, I just say enough I, of this cricket business. A real. Do you sport. want to ground this in a, something Americana? Bowling. I you could beat really. You think you could beat if, a pro because it, well, it's a similar setup with golf, where if everything went the right way and the guy he rolled three or four splits. And he had some open frames, and I does that happen to pro bowlers? It could happen, sure, of course it can. And if I, if I, I think my high game ever is in the one sixties. But if I could really step up and get like a one eighty, I could probably just edge whoever the one eighty. That wouldn't be enough to beat a professional bowler, would it? A few open frames is all it would take. Is that right? Yeah. I guess I don't understand how that that scoring uh, is is very confusing on my brain. Also, um, I don't know if since it's not technically the sport, but one on one basketball. If you were against, if you were like a no guy with way. a good handle, not no myself. Way. If you were someone with fast with a good handle, and you were playing like a late period Chris Dudley, you could probably. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. It's a very particular. It. It's a very yeah. particular scenario you lay out. What do you but, think, Black Tie, in that? I don't think you – I mean, listen, here's here's what you need to know. Dr. J and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, how this isn't very popular online <laughs> or elsewhere or what was going on in our in our nation when they played each other, they played one-on-one once. It was an event. That's it awesome. was sort of like – do you remember Franco Harris and Jim Brown? And I think it was like 85-ish. Jim Brown was, was floating the idea, I might come back to the NFL. And people scoffed, oh, right, and he right, said, oh, right. I'm better than the, than the guy who just jumped me in the, in the um, all-time rushing list. And they had a, like a series of – they had sort of a mini decathlon, sort of like the one that we have to have for this podcast, too, Ooh, at some yeah. point soon, the regular guy, Olympics. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar beat Dr. J just on size. Chris Dudley would dominate. He would be able to block every shot. You couldn't. You, well, not only would be you not beat him, you couldn't. Speed. You couldn't score on him. You would have to win on speed. What about this, handsome? And the rest of everybody. But I want you to answer first. Me handsome. especially. Well, because you're apparently a pitching expert, at least when it comes to to cricket. Justin Verlander. He's a fine pitcher right. of of our brand of baseball. Handsome. Hundred pitches. Could you get a hit if he if he had a major league? 
uh, eight major leaguers playing their positions behind him. Could could you get a hit? One hit. Well, just get my get the bat on the ball. No, get a hit. It's uh, not get the bat on the ball. Hit it out of the infield and and reach base. I'm, right, I'm going to ask this one for the Hank. That's not possible. First I don't of think all, I would. hitting a baseball is like the hardest thing to do in sports. First, of I all. agree. Freeland is one of the top pitchers in the game. It's and there are a lot of people though who will say that that's the one. Oh, I could get, I could get lucky on one. I could bloop one in there. No, you couldn't. You could, you could maybe put your bat on the ball, but if there were fielders behind them, right? There, if it, there are fielders, it would weakly, it would meekly ground Trickle. out the. It might get back to him, right? To the third baseman, he, and he'd flip it over, and that'd be the end of it. Is he using his full complement of pitches? So yeah, he's throwing curveballs and yeah. You would probably, if there was 100 pitches, I would say you'd make contact with maybe 7 to 10. Five of those would be like foul tips or just little choppers. Two would be put in play, and then you're just rolling the dice. Maybe one finds a hole, but almost definitely you do not. Here's what off. I would do, though. I would save my energy for the last 10 when his arm is wearing down. No, and, the get, field, well, and, and the outfielders are probably, you know, they're beginning to get a little bored because they haven't seen any action. <laughs> And that's when I'd strike. What about this? Could Verlander you get stronger as the game goes? What on. if uh, let's talk about football ones then? What about if it was could Aaron Rodgers is your QB, and just like you do when you have when you and two chums in the backyard, you're the all-time quarterback, and and uh, we have four plays to do so. Aaron Rodgers is your teammate, and who's a median NFL level cornerback? Uh, um, whoever it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, uh, Keenan Lewis. Keenan Lewis, all right, very good. Yeah, in the news, the New Orleans Saints guy, so that's fine. So, all right, so Keenan Lewis is covering you. Could Aaron Rodgers, comp- could you complete a pass out on the field? Could you catch a pass from Aaron Rodgers? In fact, the other way around is good, too. Calvin Johnson's your wide receiver. Could you complete a pass to Calvin Johnson if Darrell Revis was covering him? Definitely could get a pass to Calvin Johnson. Yeah. His quarterback would not be able no, to. No, you couldn't. Oh, yeah. Because you, all you have to do is... Uh, make one good throw in a good spot, and he'll go up and get it. Hmm. Oh, I think I, I think we can yeah. get a pass to Calvin Johnson. Do you really? You I don't really think do. that he would be able to recover because you're not throwing a fastball that way? You, I mean, uh, here comes Hank again. Aaron Rodgers brings a little more heat Hank, than than uh, handsome Hank. Hank would. fashions himself Dan Marino, 1984. Whenever you talk about throwing any type of ball, hmm. All right, any others? What? What? Well, obviously you couldn't <laughs> defeat. Do you think? Do you think you could defeat a? Uh, an offensive tackle and get to the quarterback. No, 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 no Well, listen, do, do you, don't you think you're more spry than the guy he he goes up against? And you're not 300 I, he, pounds. I mean, we sat um, actually where Dan is sitting right now. Brent McKinney came in and sat um, not that long ago. You don't think you would beat him in a foot race? I would, it would take me. It take me about 20 minutes to walk around Brent McKinney. That's <laughs> that's walking. He's. I mean, they're they they're monsters. What do you think? Could you? Getting a ring. Here's the here's the worst one. That's no, no, no. This forget is, this is. F- forget the Klitschko brothers because they would uh, they would murder you. But I'm talking the the. What about the featherweights? What about the light guys? What what would Floyd Mayweather do to you? He, I would wait. You'd wake up 20 minutes yeah. later. In would he knock you out? Well, it'd be especially embarrassing if it, if it was one of those guys who's 130 pounds. Him him, make, him licking you would be would be shameful. But they know how to they know how to punch. Yeah. yeah. In some ways, I've, they would I've almost be worse. Never been in a fight in my life. It would be it would be a heavyweight because they'd be so right. fast. They'd be so fast, you wouldn't yeah. even know what happened. Do you think you could survive a round against uh, Vitaly Klitschko, or would he eventually catch Maybe you? Maybe in like if he was seventy. Short <laughs> of short of short of just uh, turning heel and running right. away just from him. If you had to look like circle. you're no comport way. yourself like a boxer in the ring, do you think you he would you you could survive a round with the heavyweight no. champ? 
Well, I think I think the scenario you're laying out with the different sports, boxing is worse than any of them. Because I agree. You can't even have really a bad day um, as a professional and not trash someone that's a complete amateur. Right. You've never ever done it before in their life, even in a playground. I feel like this is just the tip of the iceberg. I want to. Could you return a serve from the best server in tennis? I think you'd have a better chance of getting the bat on the ball than you would do in the previous example. But uh, uh, so possibly, yeah. But I mean, who's I don't even know who's good anymore in tennis. Uh, um, what's his Nadal. name? Nadal. No, he's not the best. At, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Nadal. All right. So drop me a line at uh, I mean uh, hashtag DDFP. Let me know some of those. I want to figure this one out. All right, fellas. Uh, real quick, something we started uh, last week. We now know it's the Miami Heat versus the San Antonio Spurs. Pretty good, and you know Commissioner Stern is breathing a sigh of relief because if it had been Indianapolis versus San Antonio, no one would have watched those finals. So um, disaster avoided there. In the NHL, you have uh, Boston, an original six team, plus um, plus uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, maybe with the, with the best player in the game, although it doesn't look that way currently. Um, and then on the other side of things, you have the Blackhawks against the, the, the defending Stanley Cup champs. A pretty good Final Four. So Hanzoos is walking out of the studio right now. Real quick, though, what do you think Kamish Goodell's dream Final Four is? Who, on title game Sunday... What four teams do you think he would most like to see playing one another? And, of course, the big game matters as well. So leading into uh, the final two that will be playing in New Jersey in early February. Well, I would think without a doubt in the AFC it's still Brady, Manning, Pats, Broncos. Maybe we're running out of time for that, you know, for those guys to be at the top of their game. NFC is a little more wide open. What would Goodell like? He'd probably well, like, I, I don't want to get into market size and all of yeah, that. And, and, and in fact, Cowboys. that doesn't really affect uh, the NFL as much as it does some other sports. But but still, I don't care about what you know about uh, you know city size and market size right. and all that. What's the most interesting thing? What would we fans, do you suppose? What I think could, could fans conjure? would love that NFC West showdown for the Super Bowl. Uh, Seahawks, Niners, two great teams that are ascendant young teams. Well, a lot of people drop me a line, and I'm putting these all together, so there's still time before I uh, before I um, sit down at the laptop and, and bang out the ten best of these. But I wanted to hear, Handsome Hank, your thoughts on this as well. I uh, answered this question last week. You did? Yes. I forget who's in and who's out of here. Bring Elliot Harrison in here real quick. I see him walking in. He'll, he'll, he's, he's a good one to ask this question to. Look at him. He's high. He's got the nice hairdo and everything. He looks better than ever. Is it possible that he's gotten more handsome? It's not just possible. It's it's true. It seems to have uh, it seems to have happened. What's the poop there, Elliot Harrison? Dear diary, today I went to the Damage Hicks podcast and got uncomfortable in my manliness. <laughs> All right, real quick because you're walking in here, and I assume the other fellows are are uh, right on your heels there. Michael Fabiano and Jason Smith. You're about to do the first fantasy football podcast in how long? Last couple months now. Yeah, months. And in honor of it, I wore Fabiano's aftershave. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you are you are in plenty of it as well. Yeah, Poor I, Jason Smith being stuck in a in, in this studio here with you two. It just happens be, sometimes. Oh, there's you, Jason Smith right there. Jason Smith in the house. Do you use aftershave after no, you shave? No. no. Sometimes if you use the pour kind instead of the spray, you pour too much on your hand, and then you're stuck. You're right. done. Unless you have, like, a wet towel, you're done. But, yeah, it's going to be our first uh, fantasy podcast since, gosh, I guess January. And, and like, uh, we're excited about it. Yeah, cool. like we mentioned uh, on the last podcast on NFL.com right now, go to NFL.com slash fantasy. The draft kit is now up there. 
E.H., Jason Smith, Fabiano, Rank, me, have all contributed to it. All we, we carved it up every which way possible. Sleepers, deep sleepers, bargains. I don't even know what the difference is between those categories. I just put pen to paper and, and you figure it out. Now listen, so go check it out. It's very thorough. Now, E.H., here's the discussion at hand. What is the best Final Four for January slash February 2014. What do you think the what's the most compelling two title games slash Super Bowl that we fans could could behold? I suggested from a historical perspective, the Steelers beat the Ravens on one side. They have six Super Bowl rings. Then the Cowboys and Niners play each other. They both have five. Whoever emerges there, you wind up after the Super Bowl. Either now you have two teams with six or you have one with seven. I think that would be pretty juicy stuff for people who who have an affection for the history of the game. Yeah, like I th- you. I think that would be pretty awesome. I'd have to go uh, San Francisco-Seattle because it would be so nice to see a conference championship game. It's a hard-hitting 17-6 to game where we don't see – you know, all this passing, I would love it. I would love a physical contest. I think that's the best rivalry in football. I think those teams are 1A and 1B in pro football right now, so I like that in the NFC. What if they – I know Richard Seymour is long in the tooth, and this is just one more piece, but if they get Richard Seymour, the Falcons – don't they sort of become, especially like we've talked about, what if the spread option does not work as well as it did a year ago? If it doesn't, then don't the two favorites become, one, the Falcons, and two, the Packers, and then somewhere after that you have to slot the Niners and the Seahawks, yes? Couldn't the Falcons? I, I'm not the hugest believer in Matt Ryan, but isn't that? can't you make a pretty good case for that? Uh, I could make a lot stronger case for that than I could that having the Falcons in the championship game would really excite the football power. No, that's true. That, that's my take. But, uh, <laughs> you know, look, the Washington Redskins in 2000 signed Mark Carrier, Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders, all these guys on defense that were veterans, and where did that get them? Fair point. Hank? Pretty much nowhere. Pretty much nowhere. I think that team went 8-8, eight and eight, and I think they had Terry Robisky coaching by the end of the season, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, as far as your AFC, I think AFC championship was is really up in the air. I don't really like the idea of a Steelers-Ravens. I've, I've seen that enough. I do like the idea of the Steelers in the championship game because, as are you, I'm a, a fan of the history. Uh, but I, I honestly, I'd love to see Buffalo. I'd like to mm. see a team just completely out yeah. of nowhere. Or Miami. Miami or Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. Buffalo's been to four Super Bowls. I always like to have one team in the Final Four, as you call it, that's just out of nowhere, and I like the rest to be traditional powers. So I don't really like it when we have two upstart teams out of nowhere. I think that makes for a, a boring game. I think when you have one established team and one upstart, it's exciting. That's pretty uh, – yeah, that's a, uh, that's a keen one. Somebody dropped me a line, and like I say, I'm cobbling them all together so we have one comprehensive list. But somebody on Twitter suggested – all four teams are teams that have never won a Super Bowl. That could be fun mm. if you get Seahawks and uh, uh, Buffalo and, and and those teams going up in there. All right, Black Tie saying it's time to wrap it up, and uh, that's because the Fantasy Football Podcast is about to get going in here, so we'll step aside for that. We'll be back, uh, though, later in the week with a second podcast for you. What do we got, Black Tie? We'll do a top 100, 100 review. Maybe, Who do we have? Maybe Roddy White. I'm he familiar might, with Roddy. He might be in studio. I um, met three generations of Roddy's ladies. I met his mother, his grandmother, and his uh, and his mother. They were wait, his mother, grandmother, great grandmother. <laughs> that was it. And in fact, they described the feast that they make for him in the mornings when he's at home. They make sausage and bacon for him. They make sausage. And, that's the kind of house I want to be in. In fact, I intend to maybe move in there for a couple months this football season. Hey, when Black Tie, uh, you, you, when you tag the podcast, can you make sure to put my brute? 
on there? Yeah. Please. <laughs> All right. Uh, poor Thank again. My heart goes out to poor Jason Smith. Yeah. I, I, if he survives this, I don't know what the, yeah, the more brute coming uh, with the competing the competing well. stenches of uh, of uh, Harrison and Fabiano with their their cheap colognes. All right, so. <laughs> Call it a day. All right, Black Tie wants us to leave, so we'll leave, and you guys we, talk uh, your fantasy football. Oh, Jerry Jones has come in, eh? Oh. <laughs> he stopped. He refuses <laughs> to do it. He teased us. All right, we'll do that at some point soon, too. All right, a pleasure to see you, Elliot Harrison. Again, the NFL Fantasy Draft Kit is up there for your perusal as you start to get ready. Listen, it's June now. You're going to be doing this sooner than you think, so start looking it over right now. All right, so in walks Jason Smith. Jason Smith, congratulations on the uh, Carolina Hurricanes new uniforms. They're an upgrade, at least. They're not great, but they're better than they used to be. So they're better than this smell, my God. Really? I, I know. I, I feel I sorry. Put a mic for you. on, Jason Smith. I'm happy that we're leaving here, but Jason Smith just got his first whiff of uh, of the stench that awaits him. And the good news is that's only one half of it. You, you got <laughs> got Fabiano. I think he went in just to win. He put on an extra yeah. dose just before Moral he gets in here. spice for Fabiano. All right, so maybe Rod, maybe Roddy White later in the week. Either way, we'll be in here to kibitz about the uh, the latest names on the top 100 list. Until then, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.